Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Today is Mailbox Monday. And as usual, you guys are sending me fantastic questions. This is the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I am sitting here in the studio and just mulling over your questions. Uh, This is probably one of my favorite things to do. I've been podcasting for a long time, as you guys know, and I love hearing from you. You can reach out to me directly by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. You'll find a form there. It's pretty easy to fill out. You can leave your comments. You can leave guest suggestions for us. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also leave questions for me at Spotify. I would actually, I would rather, you know, I want to hear your comments on Spotify, but if you really want me to answer a question for you, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Also, if you guys have not become part of my online Bible study for women, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm teaching my way right now through the book of Revelation. And starting tonight here in Vancouver, I'm going to be teaching Uh, Starting in Revelation chapter 4, we've already gone through the introduction of Revelation. We've read through all seven letters to seven churches, and now we're going to enter into the judgments. The first of the seven judgments that Jesus talks to John about and that he sees in this vision of heaven are the seal judgments. This is a fantastic time to study eschatology and just to know uh, what the Bible says about the things to come. So I'd love to have you join me right here in person at Firmly Planted Family in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, And you can also just go through the study on your own, and you can do that by signing up at faiththatspeaks.com. All right, the first question that came in was from an anonymous listener in Texas, and this person wonders what my thoughts were on free government COVID tests. Well, first of all, uh, anonymous, nothing is free. We know that, right? So uh, Joe Biden may say he's sending you a free test, but he's not. You're paying for it through your tax dollars, which have been uh, misappropriated as usual and misused as usual. I'm absolutely in disagreement with this. And you guys, for the love, why do we have to keep hearing about COVID? Why do you guys keep testing yourself? If you don't feel good, stay home. I think nothing has changed, right? If you don't feel good, it used to be when we just had the good old-fashioned flu. You know, Heidi's out from work this week. She has the flu. And now everyone's panicking again. You know, so-and-so has the Rona. Don't care. I don't care. I don't want to hear if you have the Rona. I'm not interested in hearing about when you're getting a pap smear, and I don't want to know when you're testing for COVID. And so to me, all this stuff does is it feeds into, and the media loves this stuff, it feeds into the fear and the panic that we all just lived through uh, when we saw the the ridiculous way that the government handled the so-called pandemic. And so uh, I, I think it's ridiculous. I, I wish you guys would quit testing. I don't actually even like what's on these tests. Pay attention to the tests and what the tests are doing to your body. We don't need it. If you don't feel good, stay home. If you get worse and worse and worse and worse, go find a doctor that you trust and get some help. But this this obsession over COVID and the COVID tests is ridiculous to me, and I reject it on its face. All right, another anonymous listener said, what do you think is the most important thing to look for in a church? We've been going to one for a year now. We don't have any fellowship with anyone from church. Ooh, that's not good. We have tried and attended different things, uh, but the last back-to-school party I went to with my kids, not even one person talked to us the entire time, even the pastor. 
has talked to me for probably less than 20 minutes over the entire year we've been going. The sermons are great, but though, and my kids want to go to a different church where their friends are not so clicky. All right, so the most important thing I think to look for, well, there's several things that that come to mind, but you want to make sure that the Bible is the primary teaching source in that church so that they are proclaiming the Bible boldly and without apology. I love a church that just teaches through the Bible. This is something I really love about the Calvary Chapel model. They tend to teach through the Bible. So they might, so every year, maybe they're going to start in, genera- in Genesis and just teach their way through the Bible. It'll take them a couple of years to do that. They get through and they start right back over again. That is my favorite way. I do believe that the church needs to be proactively addressing these issues that are coming up where we're having to wrestle our way through cultural issues. The Bible has a lot to say about the issues that we're dealing with in our day. And in, in fact, and I've said this before, I think that probably 90% of the issues that we're dealing with in our government right now are moral at their root. And God addresses these issues in his word. You got to ask the question, does the church believe that the Bible is the inspired and inerrant word of God and the final authority in matters uh, in matters related to the church? The, you know, the, the book of 2 Timothy tells us that this is what scripture is for. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for instruction, righteousness, for correction, so that we would be equipped, able to do every good work that God has for us to do. And so you want that opinion to be the opinion uh, of the church. We want God's opinion, what God says, to be what we embrace as a church. Also, I think it's worth noting, you know, when you hear the church, the church when, when God says he's addressing the church, he's addressing people, right? Even the churches, the seven churches in Revelation, Thyatira and Sardis and Laodicea and Philadelphia and the church at Ephesus, these are bodies of believers. So he's talking to people who are choosing to congregate uh, in, you know, wherever, they're, wherever they're, uh, their local building is facilitating. And we know because we are, we are instructed in the book of Hebrews and we apparently forgot it during the Rona, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering as some are in the habit of doing. But he says, as the day approaches, as we see the day approaching, what day is he talking about? He's talking about the day of the Lord. As the day of the Lord approaches, we should be even more, more consistent with going to church. It goes back to what we've been talking about here lately at the podcast about living a set apart life. Our lives should look different. And we have hope, you guys. We, we don't need to be uh, fretting and worried about what's happening in the culture right now. We need to be about the Father's business. That's what Jesus said he was doing. And I want to say something else because I, I, I think it's important. We can become so focused on truth that we lose our love. This was the problem with the church in Ephesus, the very first church that Jesus rebuked in Revelation chapter 2, he was talking about why it was so important. He, he said, listen, I commend you. You're doing great works. I see your works. I see that you're persevering. Thank you. But you've lost your love. So here's Jesus saying, come back to me. Come back to me. We are called to what? First, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. Your church should be marked by love. And we can speak the truth and still be loving. And so what's happened in the woke church is they've decided to sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy and therefore believe that they're loving people by not speaking the truth. Well, this is the opposite of truth. Love without truth is a lie. 
but truth without love is just brutality. And so we want a church to be marked by truth, a church that has a sound doctrine, a church that is marked by love uh, and and uh, marked by evangelism. If you want to know what a church should look like, look at the Church of Philadelphia uh, and look at the Church of Smyrna. Look at those churches. We've just studied them over at Faith That Speaks. Uh, Jesus tells us exactly what the church should look like. But I think that's where you start sound Bible teaching and uh, working your way through the Bible in an expository manner. That's my preference. I wouldn't say that that's uh, the expository manner. I don't know if that's necessarily a requirement. But I do think there's something really profound about working your way through the Bible because you can take what's happening in the culture and say, oh, hey, this is what God has to say about it. So to me, those are the things to look for, and I really appreciate that question. Thanks for writing in. Uh, this person says, how do you reconcile having an Amazon account and using Google with their pro-abortion stance? Well, Danny in Michigan, thanks for that question. I say I reconciled in the same way that I reconciled driving through, uh, you know, uh, Burger King on occasion. Uh, you know, I'm waiting and hoping for, and I would be thrilled to see uh, a Christian company, a non-woke company, come up and give Amazon a run for their money. And uh, right now I don't see one. I have been very successful in not going to Target. I found other stores, but our listeners will rightly point out that, uh, you know, Walmart's not exactly squeaky clean. You know, Fred Meyer around here is kind of the big store owned by Kroger. They have a pretty garbagey platform. I mean, just look what they do in the month of June. The companies that bother me the most and the ones that I really try to stay away from are the ones that are shoving it in your face. Disney, uh, who's supposed to be there for children and to uh, you know entertain children, absolutely pushing the trans agenda, the homosexual agenda on our children. And so the, eh, that's a big no for me. I'm not going to take my kids to Disney. Same thing with Target. When the CEO of Target came out and said, "Hey, we're opening our bathrooms up to every you know weirdo that ever wants to walk into the women's bathroom," and eh, they lost my business probably forever. Uh, do I think you know Amazon is a Christian? Uh, organization? No. Do I think they promote bad things? Yes. Uh, and if I can find a way to to uh, to do something differently, which is as uh, that has the p- the potential, I think of undoing them. I'm a super fan of what's happening at Public Square. I still think it's a little bit clunky. I'm using it, but it's harder to use. And when I'm in a hurry, it's funny because the things that I buy on Amazon, uh, it's it it actually is really funny. So I might be you know traveling back to. To, you know, home from to home from from wherever, and I'm on an airplane, and I'm like, oh shoot, I needed you know this this particular ingredient for uh, a recipe that I'm making. I didn't have it, so I'm probably gonna hop on Amazon. And then when I get home, I know that it's there. Or like last week, I ran out of toothpaste, and I thought, man, rather than go to Fred Meyer, which I'm sorry is as woke as Amazon, or go to uh, Walmart, which is as woke as Amazon, I'm just gonna go to Amazon. Then it's gonna be at my front door. Do I love it? No. Uh, And as far as Google, uh, I don't use Google very often. I mean, occasionally I will, but I go to Swiss Cows. You guys should check it out. It's a pretty secure search engine. Swiss Cows, check it out. That's all I have to say about that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a fragmented world where anything goes, our children need a solid moral foundation that starts at home. They need you, mamas and daddies, to be the source of truth and to offer them the greatest gift of all, your time. Brave Books can help. The books included with your family subscription will bring your whole family together. You'll get a new book delivered each month that teaches on important topics such as critical race theory, the Second Amendment, and family. The books come with corresponding family activities and lessons that your family can use as a theme throughout your home and all month long. Let Brave Books help you because they've got this figured out. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code Heidi for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. An anonymous listener wrote in to say that she enjoys my podcast. So thank you very much for writing in. I really appreciate your sassy encouragement (laughs) and love for the Lord. My question is about Sunday school. My husband and I feel it's our responsibility to teach our children about the Bible and our Lord and Savior. And so we don't send our children to Sunday school. We don't think it's wrong for parents to send their kids there, but we just choose not to ourselves. And we have yet to find a church that truly encourages parents to take on the responsibility of instructing their children. Seems a little backward for churches to discourage parents from instructing their own children. A lot of churches actually separate families as soon as they walk in the church building. Is there anywhere in scripture that backs up this practice? Are my husband and I wrong to want to teach our own children about the Bible? Absolutely, you're not wrong. You are correct. Ding, you are correct. So the Bible teaches us all throughout scripture. We know Jesus said in Luke 6:40, when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Deuteronomy 6 teaches us that our that we are as parents to teach our children about the Lord when we rise up and when we lie down, when we walk along the road. These these are the instructions of scripture. We know the Bible teaches us in Ephesians 6 that we are to put on the whole armor of God. Nowhere does it say go to church and have your pastor suit you up for war. And so what's happened is we become very lazy uh, as Christians. We're consumers So we go to church and we just expect to be filled up and go out into the world and we get depleted and then we come back in and our pastor fills us up. This is completely backwards, nowhere in scripture, but I do want to encourage you in one thing. I would, I would say, and this is kind of what we've done with, with our kids. uh, But I would say that my children, if I know that that Sunday school program is sound uh, I'm probably going to let him go to Sunday school. I'm not anti-Sunday school. What I don't like is when the churches encourage the parents to just drop their kids off and then that's it. We'll take it from here mentality. Same thing. I don't, that's the same it's the same reason we chose to homeschool our children. So, and I also think, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of family integrated worship. I love the family integrated church. My one My one caution and I guess my little admonition that I've seen, I think sometimes people are so into the family integrated church that they worship the model of the family integrated church rather than just seeing it as an opportunity to disciple their children. They start judging people that aren't doing it that way. I think that is equally as unappealing 
and does a disservice to what the Bible actually teaches, which is parents, you should be teaching your kids. Nowhere does it say that it's wrong to send your kids to Sunday school. And so I just think we should be very careful. It's like anything else, it can become an idol and we want it not to be that way. But it sounds like uh, you've got a pretty good handle on this anonymous. So good on you. Uh, keep up the good work. All right. Uh, we had a YouTube comment on a show I did called Priest of the Home, God's Heart for Men and Family with Steve Demi. Lisa said she really enjoyed it. As a wife who is leading the family spiritually while waiting and praying for my husband to come into this role, it gets very wearying. The enemy has been especially attacking our marriage from all angles lately, and I'm trying hard not to react, but I've failed many times. Please pray for me. So, uh, Lisa, you have my prayers, and this is the heart cry of so many women that write into my show every week to say, I really want my husband to step up and be the leader in our home. I thought Steve did a beautiful job of explaining exactly what that could look like. We're going to have Steve out here to do a retreat uh, pretty soon, hopefully early next year. So we're working on that right now with him. But continue to pray. We're praying for you. The enemy is after our families. And so you're right to keep loving your husband and keep asking the Lord to help your husband uh, walk in a manner that's worthy of the gospel and to carry that authority that God has given him as the leader of his home. Um, Heidi, please do a whole podcast on the occult. This is from Sheila in Michigan. Uh, you know what? I will absolutely do that. Uh, a whole podcast on the occult. Good idea. I should have done it sooner. Sheila, I will write that in my notes for another time. I think that's really good. Um, another anonymous listener. I've got lots of anonymous listeners. I'm wondering if you have any encouragement on how to deal with someone who just rubs you the wrong way. <laughs> I love this question already. Uh, there's a man in our in our church small group who, in my opinion, has a very annoying personality. <laughs> the previous leader of the group recently stepped down and asked this man to be the new leader. We have only been attending the group for about a year and don't want to cause dissension. Should we just find another small group or address the concerns or just grin and bear it? Thanks a lot. Well, it's a small group. So it doesn't sound to me like it's going to get better. I would probably be very graciously just maybe I'd, maybe I'd be like, oh, hey, we need a different day of the week <laughs> or something. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, if you dress it in your small group, now it's awkward. If you grin and bear it, then you're just annoyed like you are right now. So I think you could love this person pretty well by just asking the Lord if there's another small group for you. Uh, listen, we don't all have to be you know, get along. We don't. I, we, you know, I mean, if it was me, I mean, let's be honest, you guys, there are things about every church. There are, uh, I mean, I could sit here right now and tell you things that annoy me about my church, but I love my church. And I'm sure that my church could tell you things about me that annoy them. <laughs> so we want to be, we want to bear with each other, right? That's what, we're, that's what we're called to do, to bear with one another in love. And so if you can't bear with this guy, I, it sounds to me like this is personality. So I don't, I see absolutely no point in addressing the concerns. You're not talking about a sin issue. You're just talking about something that bothers you. I would be asking the Lord about it, really talking to your husband saying, hey, you know, it sounds like both of you feel the same way, but just pray about it. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. If you can't get over it, you can't reconcile and you think it's going to actually end up causing issues, 
I might find a reason to find a different night of the week to do a small group. And maybe that would address these concerns without ruffling too many feathers. Uh, a question about homeschooling came from another anonymous listener in Illinois. All right, you guys, why aren't you sending me your names? Uh, anonymous in Illinois, thank you for writing in. She says they love homeschooling and everybody loves it except for her 11-year-old son. Before I knew better, I had him in a Christian pre-K and kindergarten, but then we started homeschooling. He hated all of it. School, homeschool, doesn't matter. I've tried everything to engage him, change curriculum, discipline, taking away privileges, offering incentives. Nothing changes. I'm at a loss. Completely changed our homeschool, so a lot of things is hands-on and fun. I include projects and baking. Sounds like you've just got a kind of a little bit of a Ramona the Pest, you know, on your hands there, Mama. It sounds like you've got a, a, a child whose attitude tends to be generally negative. And if it was me, I would probably be working on the uh, the attitude of my child as much as I can. But make sure that you are focusing not on the child with a bad attitude, but I would focus on the uh, on the children with a good attitude who are not making your life miserable for school. And maybe he'll see something that's wonderful in that and go, hey, those guys are actually really having a good time. We all have had that child. And frankly, I've been this person too, right? From time to time, you know, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and isn't, ain't nothing going to change my mood that day because I'm just bound and determined to have a bad attitude and I'm a grown adult, right? So you're talking about an 11-year-old kid who, who sounds to me like he's kind of this, you know, he has this personality that sort of leans that direction, really important. I'd be sharing scripture with him, right? A cheerful heart is good medicine, right? Um, and it sounds like, honestly, I mean, mama, it sounds like you're just doing everything right. You've done everything. You've changed curriculum. You've taken my privileges. You've offered incentives. You'd, you'd ask the Lord. Okay, I'm a verbal processor, obviously. I'm a podcaster. I I think I might be inclined to do what I did with one of my children when I had a similar issue, and I asked the Lord to help me understand what this child's currency was because I felt like I just wasn't dealing when, with her currency. And so the Lord showed me. It, it you know it took a while, several months of prayer, but one day I was like, Oh my, this is it. And for this particular child, it was, uh, she wanted to be around every, people all the time. And so when I was trying to get her attention and she wasn't responding to incentives and she wasn't responding to, you know, discipline or me just, you know, entreating her to do the right thing, uh, maybe the family was going out for ice cream that night and everybody got ice cream except for that one child. And when she would say, why am I not getting ice cream? I would say, oh, remember this? We talked about that. Um, this is a reward. And her, you know, she wanted to be like if we played a game. It just, it just drove her crazy to be isolated from the rest of the family. And so that, and I'm not saying that that's the answer for your son, but I'm saying when when I ask the Lord to really show me what's the currency, because all of our kids have a different love language, they deal in a different currency. We need to figure out what that is so that we can help and encourage them, speak to them in a language that they understand, and ultimately fold them where they're bent. All right, one more question that I have time for today comes from a mom in Texas. Uh, she says, my questions regard to a two-year leadership program that our church offers for 18 to 25-year-olds. My very innocent in the eyes of the world, 18-year-old daughter started this program in August because she wanted to learn more about Jesus and how to be a well-equipped disciple. However, we are now concerned that they may be concerned with legalistic things, so promoting legalistic things, more concerned with that than they are about winning souls to Christ. There is a very prominent rule of three rule 
that is verbally referred to often but is only mentioned once in the handbook. My daughter has said it means that she can no longer talk or text talk to or text anyone including her longtime friends who are under 18 without a third person. They were also told they can't hug any of the youth on Wednesday nights because that might be misconstrued to mean something else. Their first dating rule also concerns me, which states that they strongly discourage them from dating at all, which would be fine, but they add, if you're going to date, you can date people outside the program, but you cannot date people inside the program because they break up. It's weird for everybody. So in a nutshell, these are the concerns. All right. So first of all, you're asking if you're overreacting. I mean, I I, I think this is a little bit weird. <laughs> But I don't think it's going to probably going to hurt your daughter. I think it's, you know, dumb that they won't let her talk to somebody on a text message that she's been friends with for most of her life. Uh, and I think this is kind of the problem with rule following, right? It leads out the our ability to just lean into the spirit. And we want to be able to lean into the spirit. So if I have a question about something, I want to be able to say, Lord, what should I do? I would like, and maybe this is something you can talk to them about, how about we teach our, our young people discernment? Hey, there's an idea. Discernment's a good idea. But I don't think, it doesn't sound like to me like she's in anything uh, that's anti-biblical or goes against the Lord. It just sounds like these people are kind of hardcore and maybe they need to get a life. And actually, that sounds a little harsh. I shouldn't say get a life. I mean, maybe they should mellow out a little bit. And actually, I think, I mean, they're right. If your kids break up and they're in the youth group, it is weird for everybody. This is the nature of breaking up, which is why every Fleetwood Mac song that ever hit the top 10 was ever written. People break up. It's a part of life. All right, you guys, that's all I have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mailbox Monday. If you would like your question addressed at the show, you know how to do it. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. I sure appreciate you guys. Thank you for sharing this podcast. If you would like to support the podcast financially and help me bring this to you five days a week, best way to do that is by going to Spotify and becoming a subscriber or there is a subscribe button over at the Heidi St. John uh, at my website, and you can support me there by going to DonorBox. Speaking of donors to the show, I want to give a couple of shout outs because you guys are awesome. We have some brand new donors to the show, Kimberly in Michigan, uh, who wrote in to say thank you for answering a couple of questions on the podcast and for your, your time with Dr. Mark. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate that. Jennifer in Maryland, Tiana in Michigan, and Kay, my girl. Kay, I love you, Kay. Kay in Texas, thank you guys for your financial support of this ministry. We really appreciate it. You're a blessing to us, and your support helps us keep this program on the air five days a week. We love you guys so much. Have a great day. Love your people well, and I will see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.